not Pastor Moore's coming. Y'all want Pastor Moore? Come on, Pastor Moore. Come on right now. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Isn't it great to be here on this Wednesday night? Give glory and honor to none other but Jesus Christ. Praise God. Man, I couldn't think of a better place to be than in the house of the Lord. Amen. Among God's people. Believing in revival. Glad to be a part of revival. Glad to be a knowing of God that hears and answers our prayers and works on our behalf and, and just leads and guides us along the way. Uh, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. He's got it already taken care of. All I got to do is make sure I can hear his voice and keep my hand inside of his hand and walk inside the writings of his book. Amen. Everything else is going to work out. Everything else is going to be all right. Amen. 1 Timothy 4 and 16. Praise God. It is good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Good to see Brother Sister Loper and their family back with us. God bless them, Brother Henry, Sister Henry and their family. Man, God bless them coming on this Wednesday night to worship the Lord with us. Chris, it's good to see you back with us again tonight. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord here tonight. Praise God. Uh, Maybe just a little different tonight. It's still going to be on doctrine, but I'm actually going to preach about Timotheus, a man which is better known as Timothy. Okay. <laughs> All right. First Timothy 4 and 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Man, I'd love to. I'd love to have, and I'm going to keep praying and ask God to help us, but I'd love to know just what all the in them meant and just had a list of what Paul was referring unto to, to Timothy right here as a young pastor, a man that we're going to talk about a little bit tonight and to look into it. In fact, I believe if we could get the spirit and the attitude, a man of Timothy, uh, as we look into this and his willingness to... Uh, follow through and hold on and endure and become even though the regardless of his age and of his household and a lot of a lot of what some would call baggage what some would call hindrances what some would call I can't believe he was able to do that and but and things he endured and a man not only at the hand of the enemy but at the hand of Paul and others that he was willing to submit himself and yield himself to a lot of people want to do things for the kingdom of God, but want to do it their way and their time and how they feel. But the real men and women of God, a man, a man found a place how to submit themselves and yield themselves. And, and even in the bad times, a man, they knew God was in the midst of it and going to work it out. So anyway, continue in them for in doing this. Thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Anybody interested in being saved tonight? I know that's a loose term and we even hesitate of using it. But we're not saved tonight. Yes, we're sanctified. And yes, we've got the Holy Ghost. And we're on the right foundation. But I haven't made it yet. 
Amen. I haven't made it. I don't believe in once saved, always saved. I don't believe you can get into a place and experience of God that you don't have to worry about tomorrow, next week, or six months from now. I don't believe you'd ever get enough gray hairs or bald-headed, enough years under your belt that you can just start doing what you want to do and live like you want to live and, and still make it. I don't believe you're too young, amen, to overlook it. When you start coming to the age of accountability, you all of a sudden start becoming accountable, accountable to God and the Word of God, what God has presented unto us and given to us, and how blessed we are in America, how the access that we got to what's called the Word of God. Amen. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're so thankful for your goodness and grace and mercy and another opportunity on a Wednesday night to come, God, to be in your presence, to call on your name, to feel your love and grace and compassion, to join with our brothers and sisters of like precious faith and the glory cloud and the Shekinah presence and the mighty hand of God would move on this place and move upon each life. You know the hunger and the thirst. You know the needs that's in this house. And God, we want, to, we want to be able to feed the lambs. And we want to be able to feed the sheep in this place tonight. They leave here like they've been, been fed. Amen. They leave here like they've been nourished. They leave here, Lord, like they've heard something. Amen. That's moved into their hearts and their minds and spirit. Leave this place ready, God, to take on the devil. Willing to take on the world and the, all the tomorrows. Amen. We need you, God, to help us. To help us here tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. I will confess I'm not as prepared. And some might say, well, that's not unusual, but uh, I'm just going on. But I'm not as prepared I'd like to be and uh, should be maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, God's working and we're just trusting him. And I may mention some of this and I might not. I don't know. I did go to Hattiesburg and just felt compelled to go and, and, and actually got the shock of my life when I stepped in there. Amen. Uh, Matthew had actually, uh, they were going to try to do a procedure on him. Uh, he had so, some kind of reaction. They thought it was a blood clot. They, they, they was, I mean, they was all upset when I stepped in that room and I looked at Tobin. He looked at me in tears and in my eyes and, and he stood up and said, man, I'm glad to see you. And I thought, oh my goodness, what in the world? I hadn't heard or something you know, anyway, but God's worked it out. He's back stable. He's, he's things is working out. So thank God for that. And, and uh, so anyway, so, but God's working. God's working. I'll tell you what, God's working so much when the surgeon come back because they had to do surgery in his room and then finally got him positioned. Amen. I took him back and done another procedure. And when he come in there, amen, uh, he could tell mom and daddy was a little, a little it had been a bad day for him. Okay. Been a bad day. And uh, amen. So he finally, before it's over with, he looks at him and said, Keep your faith. I thought, Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, surgeon. Hallelujah. We believe in one that's greater than us. He told him it's going to be a roller coaster ride, but we know who's the captain of the roller coaster, not the ride and everything about it. His name is Jesus. I'm just believing he's going to pull him through. Amen. 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 So, so I thought, Look at him. <laughs> Praise God. God knows he's working. Amen. So we thank God for that tonight. But please keep them in your prayers that God would keep them. And, and you got to understand if he was there. You know, you'd, you'd understand if that was your 18-year-old son. And you was walking in there and he's got about 70, 80 pounds too much. Too much fluid. Let's focus on that. God would help them with that situation. They're having a big battle there. So let's pray and ask God to work in that area. So as we look at this tonight, amen, and... Uh, 
I know it's the first Wednesday night, kids back in school, I understand all that, and we probably won't be real lengthy, but, uh, but we still want to look at some things. As I, I pondered this and studied out some scriptures and got, to, got from this verse, I actually began to just look at Timothus, amen, and we'll call him Timothy, amen. But did you know he's called Timothus actually 17 times in your scripture? 17 times, amen. He's called that in your scripture. Now, I'm not going to go to all 17 of them. Close. <laughs> 14, 15, but not 17, okay? Amen. But uh, as we look at them, and you, you, you got to remember some things as, as he's been called in on this team and, and as, as, as he becomes a disciple and, and how God uses him and works for him. And I'm going to tell you something that I really pondered and even after even in this service tonight and some things that were said to a man. You know, God's looking for some people that's not, you know, how many, you know, how many of you remember the, the statement that came so popular about, you know, what can we not this nation do for us but what we can do for our nation amen and with that spirit and attitudes what helped found and build this nation to be such a great nation and so likewise that same approach has to be about the kingdom of God has to be about living for Jesus Christ Jesus I'm in this thing amen I may have to climb a hill every day I may have to you know knock two hills off of two pairs of shoes every day I may have to slap three or four devils every day but I'm in it day Amen to the long haul. I mean it, amen, amen. If it takes every day fighting, every day, amen, climbing up hills, amen. I mean it. I'm in this thing to stay. I've been persuaded, amen, tonight and who to serve, who to call on, who put my confidence in, who to put my persuaded tonight. I'm not looking for another gospel. I'm not looking for another name. I'm not bound my need to no other. I'm not gonna come make confession to know anybody else. No, he's gonna do it. If Jesus is it gonna get done, Jesus is gonna do it. Or it won't get done it won't no need to be done but Jesus is the one that's going to do it but this is the spirit and the attitude that we got to have and I don't come to church and look around and watch everybody else Lord let me not get mean tonight I don't care if it is Wednesday night Amen. I'd have come just look around. I'm going to tell you something. I really believe God gave me a revelation about the inhabitants of praises of his people. And you really get to praising him. And you've got to open up your mouth and praise him. And you've got to lift up your voice. It can't just be meditation. But as you begin to do it, guess who's going to feel the atmosphere? Guess who's going to move into the dilemma? Guess who's going to move in the situation? And when God moves... Even on a Wednesday night like this, honey. He'll take the deadness out of your feet. He'll take the deadness out of your spirit. He'll put the life in you on a Wednesday night. You get drunk on a Wednesday night as any other time. Now, preacher, don't stir us up like that. Don't. We don't need to be stirred. You don't want to lose your identity. You don't want to lose it. You better learn how to love this God. You better learn how, amen, to worship Him. If you had to pull on the side of the road and do a buzzard dance. Huh? Amen. You may pull down the road and the buzzard may take the next mirror off. But you know what? You just pull over and do another buzzard dance. There's one thing about it. You can't get another mirror. 
You always got to look at the positive side of this thing when you're living for Jesus Christ. I tell you, God's sick and tired of the negative and negativity, amen, and Holy Ghost filled people. No, we always on top. We may feel like we're under, but I'm telling you, the church has always been on top. The church has always won. Just you and I got to just stay at the church, honey. This thing is already settled and done. Praise God. And so, as we watch Timothy here, we look at a few scriptures and watch some of his background and where he comes from. And hey, I don't know if he ever married. You got it in scriptures. But I don't know if he ever married. I don't know if he, you know, the scripture don't let us know. But there are some things that the scripture reveals unto us about Timothy that if you, you know, now, now, we want perfect families. That's our heartbeat. We want, to, we want, you know, we want to, them perfect families, you know, with moms and dads and children and everybody's, you know, this and everybody's that. And uh, that's how we want our babies. Some of you are looking at me like that. Well, we're talking about your babies now. We're talking about your grandbabies. Amen. Don't you want that for your babies? Don't you want that for your grandbabies? Or do you want them, amen, to be in a home where there's so much turmoil and fussing and fighting and bickering and all these other things? No. Amen. If there's going to be any fighting going on, I hope it's for the kingdom of God. Amen. In fact, I prayed over these prayer handkerchiefs tonight. Amen. Amen. The power of God would move through those prayer handkerchiefs. Amen. To a point in Place him. Amen. And when we stepped up here, we say, Well, I'm going to go get one, but I got, I might as well get buckled down. Now I might as well get ready. Amen. To put up the fight. Because you know what? My God's just not going to stand on the side of the side and watch anything. You know, no, he's going to begin to move. And when this God begins to move, demons of God will be conquered. Sickness is going to be overcome. And the warfare is going to be on. And so. Timothy here, it's Paul's writings when you, when you go back in some of the scriptures. And I may go back and forth and I, I shouldn't have. Uh, well, let's go to 1 Timothy 4. So I go through the list. Man, they got me shackled down a little bit. Lord have mercy. I gave them a list and then I had to go. And, but anyway, 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth. Okay? Now I'm going to go on down a little bit. We're going to step further back in this. Amen. But he's telling Timothy, he says, let no man despise. In other words, to look down on it, to, 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 to you know, you know <laughs> just a little, you, you little punk who you think you are. Man, when you was in diapers, I was driving 18-wheelers. I was in the synagogue, man, doing this, and I was doing that. Just who do you think you are? We'll tell you something, it don't matter what age you are in this house tonight. What you and I need to do is get to the place you're going to fix and sell out to God and everything it is within us. It doesn't matter how young you are and it doesn't matter how old you are. Amen. The battle's not over with until they throw the dirt in your face or the rapture takes place. Hallelujah. God can use us. God can use us, amen, to win souls. God can use us to be lights. God can use us to get activated. Amen. In this community. In this community. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you something. This community 
needs of God. They need a Savior. They need some people that's got their heads on right. They need a people, amen, that knows how to walk right. They need a people, amen, that know how to talk right. They need a people, amen, that can face the devil and face difficult times and come through on the other side without mumbling and without complaining. You know what? We need to pray. God, you put it in us. We'd love to fight the Holy Ghost fight. God put it in us to be one of them. We'd love to get in the floor and waller around in prayer and, and wrestle with. And sometimes and Paul talks about like with beasts and spirits and demons. And, huh. We'll tell you right now, if you get to walking in that kind of spirit... You won't, you won't walk in here on Wednesday nights or any other time. And just, you know, well, it, it, I'm not just, you know, it, it's, you know, okay, it's just, no, I'm telling you. When the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, it's nothing like the Holy Ghost. I like for it to move on me every day. I love to feel the Holy Ghost. I love to keep it moving, amen, every moment in my life. I love to always be able just to, just, uh, you know, uh, praise God, amen. Especially about 5, 30, and 6 o'clock in the morning, amen, when we drag up in this house. Uh, hallelujah, and do our best. Uh, man, it don't feel like you can get up and go. It don't feel like you can put one foot in front of the other. But when the Holy Ghost begins to move, and the power of God begins to move, uh, amen, that old help quits hurting. And this and other things, you know what? Because God just stepped in on the scene. Hallelujah. God's moving on our behalf. And I want to tell you something. God wants to do it on a daily basis. He doesn't want us to be like some of the world out there. Just on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Wednesday night. Honey, he wants us to walk in his goodness and grace and mercy on a daily basis. And go out these highways and byways. There's probably a lot of people disappointed yesterday. <laughs> Thought for sure their man would get it. And all their problems would be solved. I'm glad I'm not waiting on that. My man has got it. I said my man has got it. And that man is Jesus Christ. There's not one day thing I'm going to face today or I'm going to face tomorrow or I'm going to face 20 years from now. He's already got it mapped out. He's already got it planned out. I just got to get it made up in my mind. I'm going to finish the journey. I want to get on this here if I don't. Amen. So as you, you watch this in 1 Timothy 4 and 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the... Believers. I want to be an example of a believer. <laughs> Amen. The material things, the monetary things does not control my joy. Monetary things doesn't control the smile on our face. The countenance. Amen. That's in us and flows through us. I still believe that all the countenance makes all the difference in the world, folks. The house of God or any other place. Amen. The real, the real the test is, is whenever the odds are against you, and it seems like the world's seeking out from under you, but you can still, amen, they can still tell there's something living on the inside. 
There's a peacemaker. There's a joy giver. Amen. That money can't control. Amen. That the phone calls can't dictate or control. Amen. But my God does. He knew I was going to get that phone call. He knew I was going to face this situation today. It did not catch my God by surprise. It did not catch the man called Jesus Christ who happens to be the bishop of my soul by surprise. Hello, he's not He's not slumbering. He's not sleeping. He's not busy somewhere else. No, amen, at this very moment, he knew I'd be calling on his name and he'd come to my rescue and move on our behind. And you know what? I don't have to approach him with an attitude and a spirit that I've got to earn everything and I've got to deserve everything. None of us feels like we deserve it in this house. But you know what? He loves us. He loves us in this house and he loves us with an everlasting love. And whenever we come before him, it's dust. But with honesty and sincerity, God, you're going to help us. You're going to bless us. You're going to anoint us. We're going to see some old-fashioned moves of God. You know, something that's got a hold of me lately. And, and nobody take this wrong, especially preachers. You can be seated. It's been a long time. That a minister, not just in this pulpit, but in anyone you want to go from camp meetings to conferences, wherever else. The anointing of God would settle down on that preacher from the very beginning. And it would just flow through the whole service. Hey, I can remember a time. In fact, when I first got in, I don't remember them asking us. Come on, everybody clap your hands. Oh, let's praise the Lord. I don't remember him ever making statements like, well, three or four of you agreed with me. None of that never happened. I'm talking about, now, all services wasn't that great, okay, in that way. But I'm telling you, I've, I've sit in times of preaching, and those men be so anointed. I'm telling you before, man, you could just feel it building. Building, building. Man, you'd be sitting there. And you might have kind of been sitting back to start with. But as it kept building, son, you kept, you just, you, man, I wish he'd hurry up. Good grace, man. For so, man, I'm talking about you feel like you're going to explode. And that place was going to explode. Because a purpose was being accomplished. Achievement of what God wanted to accomplish and achieve through a message, through the word of God. It wasn't something that was just sung down and, 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 and emotions got involved in it. And we patted one another. I'm talking about the divine presence, the power of God. that was upon that place and upon that service and upon the man of God and upon the house of God. There's nothing that can take the place of it. We can't get enough lights. We can't get enough sound. We can't get enough gadgets. We can't get enough of it. I tell you none of it won't work but I tell you what will work in this end time for an old fashioned revival is that same power of the anointing of God that saturates our minds and we don't even realize what we're saying we're shocked at what we're saying ain't that right Oakley <laughs> I love it when God gets a hold of us through that anointing. And we get to preaching. And we hadn't even thought of it yet. We're just as shocked as, as you might be. 
Where'd that come from? That's God. And that's the way God works. But I want to talk about Timothy just a little bit here tonight. And help us to understand some things. Amen. There were six things. Amen. That he wanted Timothy. Amen. To be an example as of a believer. In word. In conversation. In charity. In spirit. In faith. And in purity. He tells him and informs him. That this is what he needs to do. And what needs to take place in his life. Amen. This is what he has to give himself. Another place he talks about giving himself. Unto reading and exhorting. Things of this nature. You can look. And again you can go to 1 Corinthians 16 and 10. Amen. You're going to notice here. He walked. He's going to walk the walk. And I'm going to back up a little bit. But let, I had these scriptures ahead of this other. So I'm going to just. Now if. Timothy come. See that he may be with you without fear. They tell us the reason he was called Timothy was he was a little timid. Now he's done warned him about his age. Because later on you're going to see why. When you get to Acts 16 chapter in the beginning of the second missionary journey of Paul. And, and he becomes a part of this team. And uh, but here he's telling him, amen, for this Corinth church, amen, to, to receive him and to receive him, amen, because see that he may be with you without fear, without being intimidated, amen, for he worketh what? The work of the Lord, as I also do. Well, that's a powerful statement, you know. That's like Bishop Odin sending me and saying, Brother Moore's coming and he's going to do it just like I would do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I'd do him too. <laughs> You're kidding me, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to tape it and I'm going to go plug it in apparently. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But, but watch, watch some of this. Let no man this, therefore despise him. But conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. Amen. Then you go to Titus. You're going to notice he tells Titus in Titus 2 and 15. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. I just wonder if even here, if that's not given to Titus about his age. But... Notice something that, that Paul began to put into the mind of the cart of these young pastors and young followers as he's instructing them. Amen. You're going to be despised when it comes to the preaching of the word of God and fighting the good fight and making the stand and doing what God wants you to do. Amen. And there is a difference. Amen. I believe there is a proper way. I believe there is a right way. Amen. And handling things and, 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 and giving yourself to. Amen. In fact, Bishop Odom just taught a little bit on some of this and he talks amen he said hey you you shine troubles and you you don't get caught up in it don't be one of them avoid it as much as you can and the bible says be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove amen so so god's not looking for arrogant preachers our saints he's not looking for big mouths oh well 
Praise God. He's not looking for them. It's always in your face and all this and all this other. There is a way. But, but he says, but he made this clear. He said, defend the gospel. Defend the gospel. When it's about the gospel and the doctrine of the gospel, that's going to be a hell or heaven issue. If it's going to be, man, if they're slipping in and coming in and bringing in doctrines and the main doctrine that they dealt with in their time was a doctrine of circumcision. It really was. Did you know it never went away? Even after James dealt with it in the Acts of 15th chapter, gave the instructions what to do and the doctrine of circumcision by the way that Moses was not included. But you're going to see that Timothy's got to deal with it. You're going to see that Paul dealt with it with Galatians and Ephesians. Even after all this. Because this is where the journey picks up in Acts of 16th chapter. They're carrying, amen, they're carrying the doctrine they received in Jerusalem from James. And this is where Timothy's going to become, comes in. So when you go to Acts 16 and 1. Now let's learn some things about Timothy here. Amen. Of these first three verses. Then came he to Derby, Lister talking about Paul. And behold, a certain disciple was there. Did you know disciples mentioned before? Amen. In other times. What about Lydia? She didn't have the Holy Ghost. She, hadn't, she wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. But the Bible called her a disciple. Read it. Go back and read it. She's the one that he went out to the river. Now she, she, she was willing to hear the gospel. Receive the truth. Got baptized and done. And so we see in here already. I'm not sure when, when, when Timothy had received the Holy Ghost. I'm not sure about, uh, and, and they're not. They can speculate and assume, because as you're going to learn in these three chapters, some things that was handed down to him. Some was good, and some of it wasn't so good. Name Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed. But his father was a Greek. You really don't hear anything else about his father. You don't see where he has any influence in Timothy's life. All we see, not only here is it mentioned, that it's mentioned, and it's going to cause conflict, but it's going to cause some conflict later on because of who his daddy is. That he's got to endure some things. And he's got, to, he's got to submit himself in some areas. You know, and as we look around us today and the homes and places. And, uh, you know, that's the reason we as apostolics and Pentecostals, uh, amen. That's the reason we preach strongly against when people come out of broken homes and broken situations. Uh, amen. Not to allow that to dictate. 
that and controlled. No, you've been delivered from that. Amen. You've been set free from that. You don't make some ministry out of it. You testimony about you testify what God done for you and brought you out of it. But that's that's it. Don't have control on you. It don't have it don't have the the, the ties. Amen. The, the why I'm going to act this way or how I'm going to I'm going to respond this way and this this is just the way I am because I'm out of a divorced home or I'm I'm out of a broken home or I'm I'm out of a mixed relationship. This may not do for you what it done for me. We'll see. Which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Kim, would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're in the 16th chapter. We're in the following chapter of Acts 15. Acts 15 is where they just had a knockdown drag with Paul and Silas and James and Peter and all the ones that come from Judea and James, the pastor in Jerusalem, done said it, amen, and they got the papers written down and in their hands and carrying it with them, amen, that circumcision's not required. Boy, Timothy could have really said, what do you mean, Paul? Now watch this. Timothy could have said, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to join up with you, Paul, anyway. John Mark left you. Man, you rough. I mean, we, there's one thing about it. We're either going to be starving or in jail. <laughs> Y'all want to live for God? Y'all want to follow Jesus? I'm telling you, there's a spirit and attitude about church anymore. It's all about chill bumps. It's all about feeling good. It's all about let's hype this thing up. But really, let's, let's look at the life of Timothy here. One of the most powerful instruments that's ever used in your, your, your New Testament book. Amen. But this is the odds. If you really get to look at it now, here he is. He's just a young man. Amen. And here he is. His dad's a Greek and everybody knows about it. Everybody's looking down on him. And we can't even get in the door of the synagogues because you, you got this guy Timothy with you. Amen. And so Paul said, you know what? A grown man, but I'm going to circumcise you and you've got to deal with it. And and he was willing to submit himself and yield himself, even though James, amen, had done sent out the letter, and everybody in full agreement saying there's no really no no benefit in circumcision or uncircumcision. It really ain't going to make any difference, amen, in salvation, hallelujah. But you know, for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom's sake, amen. Timothy said, "I'm willing, I'm willing to bear it, amen. If it's a further the kingdom, if it's a further the work of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm selling out to. I bear the pain, I bear the agony, I bear." the shame. Amen. I'll just go on anyway. That's the reason Paul could put this doctrine in him. You know, I read something. I Occasionally I go back to some of these scriptures and I pull like the Amplified and uh, just this week I was reading some of it and I happened to the, the Amplified Bibles there at the house and I was in the study there doing it and I looked into it and, and it, it brought something, it brought something to my attention. It said, instilled doctrine. The doctrine that's instilled in us. Have you ever looked at others 
How in the world did somebody persuade some, some guys to get in some cot pits and go fly them into some twin towers? Because they instilled that doctrine in them. And that's what you and I have got to do. Even with our own little babies and our own children. Can it happen? Well, let's just watch and see what happens to Timothy. What caused him to, to respond this way? What caused him to be so faithful like this? <laughs> to want to walk with Paul. To want to, to bear this sacrifice. To want to bear this cross. To want to, 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 to take on these trying and difficult times and situations. That want to be at times left. When Paul, a man, was ushered out. He was left there, a man, to take on the dogs. <laughs> take on the lines. And, and try to set up. Well, let's just watch some of it and see, see what happens. I would go back to Acts 14 and 21, but, but us bypass that. With 2 Timothy 1 and 5, it's already 8.24. 2 Timothy 1 and 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that was what? In thee, which dwelt first in who? Thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that is in thee also. I'm going to tell you something. Just as much as we talk about the bad that you can instill into the hearts of your children. I'm going to tell you something. You and I can also instill into their hearts and into their minds and into their spirit. That it can be passed down to them. Amen. To have genuine faith. Unmoving, unchanging faith. And have the love of God and the love of truth in their hearts. Amen. That they won't waver from it and they won't stagger from it. I'm telling you, there's ever been a generation that better start putting it into the hearts of your babies and in the hearts and the minds of your children. I'm telling you, there's all type of doctrines out there now. There's all type of shows and clowns and ideals and a lot of them tagging their names to Pentecost, to Pentecost. But I'm going to tell you, there's still a real genuine Pentecost and God wants to move in Bendale, Mississippi. So you and I have got to be determined, as you see here in Acts 18 and 5. Amen. It's, I mean, Second Timothy 1 and 5, and it talks about faith that is in thee and where it came from and who it came through unto Kim and how it touched his life. When you look at again at 2 Timothy 3 and 15, for from a child that has known what? The Holy Scriptures. Put it in them. Put it in them. Put it in them. Read it to them. Amen. Talk about it. Amen. Don't talk about everything else. Talk about the word of God. Talk about Jesus Christ. Talk about being baptized in Jesus' name. Talk about receiving the Holy Ghost. Talk about speaking in tongues. Amen. Them two grandbabies running up the stairs just play, having a good time. But I heard one of them say, running up, I got to get the Holy Ghost. Ah, oh, pop, pop. You all pop, pop, you want to. I don't want to be afraid of the name of the Holy Ghost. There's too many of them, amen. They don't even want to speak Holy Ghost anymore. I'm telling you, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have it. If you're going to heaven, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. There ain't no questions about it. I'm glad some of you are so excited about the Holy Ghost. I ain't trying to be ugly at you on Wednesday nights. 
But I'm telling you, that lack right there is feeding into your babies. Amen. That lack of response, that lack of, amen, of responding, excited about it. I've been redeemed. I've been sanctified. I've been brought out. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the truth. You let it die, honey. You better not let it die. That's what's wrong with apostolic now. We've let too much die. We've let it die. I, my, this young man right here already had the Holy Ghost. He's going to get it too. And I want him to get it from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. I want him, him to get it so when he gets out of this place, I hope he's so drunk when they lead him up to, to, to I don't know what you call Mr. Keith, but whatever you call Mr. Keith. Amen. He said, hey, look at him. Amen. And all of a sudden, you never know, it may jump off of him onto him. This thing is contagious. But you got to love it. You got to want it. You got to desire it. And I'm telling you, the devil or enough devils can't keep you from getting it. Enough naysayers can't keep you from getting it. But the real deal is, amen, is you're willing to sell out and take the plunge. Timothy took the plunge at a very early age. I'm, per- I'm persuaded. I'm convinced. I mean, they just had this big squabble. Bartimaeus. John Mark went their way. Silas and, and Paul is going their way and join up with Timothy. Timothy could easily said, No, y'all can't even get along with yourselves. I don't have nothing to do. My goodness. I mean, he could look at all kinds of excuses. I'm more on target tonight than what you think. Amen. We're always looking at excuses. Well, I'm too this and I'm too that. The real bottom line is I'm just too stinking lazy. Amen. And too fearful. Hallelujah. But you know what? It's God's word. I'm just going to step out in it. It's his call. It's his business anyway. It's not my business. It's God's business. This church is not mine. I tell everybody up and down this. This ain't my church. And it's not no family church. Yeah, it is God's family. But nobody else rules and reigns here. Nobody else dominates. Amen. But we want the word of God and God himself. Why are you preaching on some of this like this? Any of you ever really listened to the Azusa Street? Did you ever find out why it come to a close? You'd be shocked. Get a chance, listen to Brother Booker. He brings in all the players. And how God's working, He brings it all around in different ones. <laughs> and how that thing finally dwindles down. And you know what was one of the biggest deals? And this is at the end of it. Seymour had a mailing list. They send out, I forgot, monthly or so often. Now watch this. You, you, I'm not going to go into all of that. I can't. No time won't let me. But anyway, there was some got, got, I guess you'd say jealous or whatever over it. And over that, they took that mailing list with them. A lady did. And moved right down the road. 
Amen. And he even took them to court trying to get a copy. He said, I'll come and personally make it a hand copy. She wouldn't do it. Took her to court and they, they, they was against Brother Seymour. Wouldn't let him have it. And from that, it dwindled down. And just stopped. There's a lot to it. Lord knows I can't go into all of it. I'm going to tell you what it did. It helped me to realize. The revival we want to see happen here. When it happens, you better get your guards up. You better be in. You better stay in. Because it won't last. It won't last. There's too many, too many even good churches. I could name a few. Had it rolling. But all of a sudden the devil was able to creep in. Brothers or sisters. Unaware. Unnoticed. Made their way in. And caused us turmoil. And division. And blew it up. But as you watch what, what happens here. He talks about from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ. In 1 Timothy 1 and 18. He says this charge I commit unto thee son Timothy. According to the prophecy which went before on thee. That thou by them mightest war a good Warfare. Timothy knew from the moment the day he stepped out. And I know my time's running out. And I'd love to talk a lot more about some of this right here. Holding faith and a good conscience. Which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. He held on to it. He held a good conscience. He just kept trusting God. And all the trials and all the battles and all the disappointments that took place and, and went on. I may come back sometimes. I wanted to take you to 1 Corinthians and 7th chapter. And I want to talk about parents. And I want to talk about children for just a minute there. Amen. And about a man if one. One parent. Amen. And the, the children. Amen. Becomes holy. And the other spouse becomes sanctified. Amen. And then if you'll do a study on that a little bit. And look at some commentaries. Amen. Why? Why was that so important? Why was that placed in the scriptures? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Because when you look at the commentaries, they come along and they talk about a, a gentleman by the name of Tertullian that talked about a man during some of that time and in some of his writings out of the chapters 37 and 39. He says that gave, he gave them an account of the height of which superstition and idolatry had arrived in this time among the Romans. A child, says he, from, from its very conception was dedicated to the idols and demons they worship. While pregnant they, the mother had her body swapped around with bandages prepared with idolatrous riots. The 
embryo they conceived to be under the inspection of the goddess and it's some some name Alamona amen it goes from that that from the nursing wounds from two other gods it takes care that it should be born in the ninth or the tenth month and then adjusted everything related to the labor now watch it as it goes on down during the week preceding the birth a table was spread for Juno and on the last day certain persons were called together to mark the moment on which the parquet or a man the fates was fixed its destiny the first step the child set on the earth was concentrated to the goddess of satana and finally some of the hair was cut off or the whole head shaven and the hair offered to some god or goddess through some public or private motive of devotion he adds that no child among the pagans was born in a state of purity it is not to be wondered at says he that demons possessed them from their youth seeing they were thus early dedicated to their service in reverence to this he thinks Paul speaks the verse before us and that's the verse he was talking about I'm going to tell you what came to me amen could this be when the gentleman brought his child amen or young lad to Jesus and Jesus questions him he says how long has he been like this you know where did it come from how did he get in this he says from a child amen he came from this demonically possessed as a child I'm telling you the stage is being set across this world for demonical forces and powers through the elements of drugs and other avenues and means and ways hallelujah that I'm telling you we're really getting into a spiritual realm and a spiritual warfare and it's going to take commitment and dedication and calling the name of Jesus over and pleading the blood of Jesus over and praying for them when they're in the womb praying for them when they're born I tell you church just normal it's not going to get the job done any longer we got to get our babies out of here we got to be sanctified and ready amen to meet God and fight the good fight just high average church is not going to get it done no doubt the role that Timothy's mother and grandmother had played in his life to help bring this about why because whenever you look at other times go to Acts 17 and 14 I'm going to bump these and go then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were the sea but Silas and Timothy abode there still this is after some horrible things and battles and warfare in the spiritual realm and with this in the synagogues of the folks that these things kind of how in the world could he handle some of this? How could he endure some of this? Acts 18 and 5 says Silas and Timothy was in was from Macedonia. Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was going. Notice that when Silas and Timothy was come from Macedonia, it was almost like Paul waited until they showed up. That he began to really preach Jesus Christ and go into synagogues. Because now he's his teams here. Those that he knew that would help fight the battle. Those that he knew that would help stand. I'm going to tell you something. If we think you're going to have old-fashioned moves of God and bypass, bypass, that, bypass that prayer room and walk in here and just sit in these chairs and be nonchalant and half-hearted, I'll tell you what will happen. You're going to sit there and you're going to watch other strangers walk in this place and get the Holy Ghost. You're going to watch other children walk in this place and get the Holy Ghost. And yours never touched and yours never moved. And you're going to probably blame me and blame the church and blame everybody else. But the bottom line is 
you and I got a personal sacrifice we got to make. And if we don't make that sacrifice, then God's not, not required to, or neither will he, amen, move. But I'm telling you, when we make the sacrifice and we make the commitment and we're willing to put up the fight and we're not going to murmur and complain about it. Timothy never murmured. He never complained. Whatever Paul wanted him to do from being circumcised or staying behind or moving forward, there was times, amen, and he'd tell other churches, he'd tell them, I'm not going to take the time to read all of them, but he would tell them, you received Timothy as though it was I, amen, as though he, because he's done the same work. He called him his fellow laborer. He called him his workmanship. He called him the son in the faith. Amen. He had, he had hand-shaped him and molded him and fashioned him. Amen. And that's the reason you read such powerful encounters that Timothy and Titus had. Amen. As vessels of God. Because they humbled themselves and submitted themselves and yielded themselves. And oh, well, we don't read about the stripes on their back. But I guarantee you there's probably some there. We don't read about different avenues and things that happen. Amen. Because Paul was the man. Amen. From about the, that big part of the from the 16th chapter and the rest of the book of Acts. Amen. But thank God for a Timothy. Thank God for a Titus. Thank God. And you know what, Paul? Paul never went by himself. He always had a team. He always had somebody with him. Even God arranged for the only physician you talk, read about in your Bible called Luke. Luke wound it up in the last days with Paul. Why? Why would it have to be Luke? Physician. Nobody could tend to Paul. And that scarred, mangled, beat-up body, like Luke, his own personal physician. As we stand here tonight, this is why doctrine is so important. Because it was doctrine and the Word of God and prayer that had got this young man so anchored and so settled he had anchored the scriptures, the holy scriptures, amen, unto salvation in his heart, mind, and spirit. And nothing could move him and nothing could change him. And no doubt Paul saw this. <laughs> and now, go read the rest of them. There's several others. Amen. The testimony and the powerful testimony of the man called Timothy. How God blessed him and used him. And this is the spirit, this is the attitude that you and I've got to have as Christians of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're willing, we've got to be willing. Amen. So what if we don't drive what somebody else is driving? So what if we don't live in what somebody else lives in? So what if this or that? Amen. If it's God's voice now, I'm just telling you if it's God. Amen. If God's working, God's moving. Amen. If God's directing you in business or whatever it might be, you let me God. It's all about God. It's not about us. It's about Him anyway. To find our place in the kingdom. Kingdom, to find our place in the body of Christ and where God plants us. If you're going to perform your best, amen, it's where God plants you. It's where God puts you. Amen. You cannot do it outside of where God puts you. You got to get where God puts us. We got to get where God puts us. Wherever that might be in the body. It doesn't matter if it's a foot. It don't matter if it's a hand. don't matter if it's an ear. It don't make any difference. I want to find my place and I want to just stay there and I want to do what God wants me to do. And I'm going to pray for everybody else. I continue pray for the conference preachers and the count meeting preachers. I continue to pray, man, for these great men of God that's flying all over this nation and preaching this gospel and carrying this, this good tidings and good news that's impacting our youth. Amen. That's impacting our churches around us. I'm telling you, we better be praying. One of the reasons why 
Bishop Odom talks about this. In his, the latter part, he had talked about Timothy. But prior to that, he talked about Barnabas, Peter. And he talks about them being great men of God. But they allowed false teachers to deceive them with the doctrine of circumcision. Yeah, they was prophets, mildly used of God. That's the reason Paul had to confront Peter in Galatians. I tell him, it's your fault, Peter. It's your fault. It's still happening, folks. It's still taking place. And here's, here's, here's the real deal. It's when I can receive correction without backsliding. And without harboring things in my heart or my mind or my spirit. But knowing that was God in the hand of God. Because I want to make it. I want to make it. But I don't want to just make it. I want others to have a place that they can come and make it. And that's what's going to make all the difference in the world. Let's pray tonight. God, we love you. We appreciate you. You're so mighty. You're so awesome. You love us. This is such a great church. And we love you, Lord. This church loves you. We love this truth. We love this holy, godly way. We want to walk in it. We want to be baptized in it. We want to see the miracles. We want to see the wonders and signs. But God, you help us take on the battles. You help us take on the struggles. You help us get the stir in our hearts. The stir in our minds and our spirit. Humble ourselves. Yield ourselves. Submit ourselves unto your voice. Unto your election. To your calling. To walk in the beauty of your election. To walk in the beauty of your holiness. You help us, God, to be soul winners. And God, we wouldn't pick them and we wouldn't choose them. We'd be soul winners. It doesn't matter if they're black. It don't matter if they're white. It don't matter if they're red. It don't matter if they're yellow. It don't matter if they got lots of money. If they don't have no money. It don't make any difference, God. You just help us become a soul winning church. And a light unto this community. And a place and a battle, God. To those that's hungry and thirsting after righteousness. You help us to go out in the highways and the byways. To be an example day in and day out, God. And God, we have been an example. And follow me the example that you called us to be. Just like Paul called on Timothy. You help us, God. Anoint us, guide us, direct us. I promise you, Lord, all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor is going to be lifted to you. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. Please, let's don't forget. And I, I made a mistake the other night. I think some, I said September the 7th. It's actually October the 7th. Is when we're going to be doing this on the Saturday, October the 7th, 10 to 2. Uh, it's going to be at the Bendale Shelters, hosted by all the local churches of Bendale community. Uh, free hot dogs, chips, and drinks. And we're going to be a part of that. Any of the singers, now's your chance. You let this community know you can sing. You sing it about your God. They can feel the love of your God, the power of your God. If you ain't get, hadn't been able to sing up here much, I can get you lined up for about 30 minutes of it. It's your chance. They ain't going to let us preach, so it's up to the singers. <laughs> I'm serious. Let's, it's those that love to.
please let's make some time plan to go. You need to get with me. Amen. So we can get with uh, Brother Maple's daughter. She's going to set up a schedule. Amen. We want to be a part of it. We want to be involved. God put us in this community. We need to get involved in it. Amen. We, got, we believe we got the truth. We need to present it unto them. Love you tonight. God bless you. Appreciate you.